You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. Just when you think you're starting off 2024 on the right footing, um, Thursday comes up and uh, there's a announcement uh, or a government notice that goes out that bears the signature of one uh, Samson Guedemantashe, uh, who is the Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy. And that is the updated integrated resource plan. Uh, and that resource plan uh, points to uh, something very different from what we have been going on uh, about in terms of energy and resources in the last little bit. Um, But I'm joined on the line by independent energy analyst Chris Yelland to take a look at this resource plan. He's been uh, looking at this 50-page document in greater detail and understands a lot more of what's been said uh, than you and I do. Uh, Good evening, Chris. Thanks, as always, uh, for the time. Um, The updated or integrated resource plan that's gone out for commentary. Um, First of all, your initial thoughts on that. Is that vastly different from uh, what we've heard uh, in the past? Yes, it is. Um, it's uh, very, very different in its style, uh, in its analysis, and in the information that it presents, and in fact, a lot of information that it doesn't present. <laughs> um, and uh, it's a very different uh, from the uh, IRP 2010 and from the IRP 2019. And in my view, it is significantly poorer than those two integrated resource plans. There we go. I was going to ask if we're going uh, different in a good way or different in a bad way. I mean, (laughs) uh, 2019 is what you and I spoke about last time, Chris, and there was this huge drive, and I think you and I spoke last year around the just energy transition and all of those plans and renewables and the practicalities Mm. and all of that. And it seems as though now with this new resource plan, we're going back to coal? Well, shall we say um, there's been a very significant cutback um, in the renewable energy um, uh, you know, outlook for the next 10 years. Uh, so the IRP now is divided into two parts. Uh, the first part looks at the uh, years up to 2030, and the second part looks in the years 2030 onwards to 2050. So uh, the, the first part uh, is uh, perhaps a little bit more specific, and yet... It is very vague in my view. So it looks at um, what they call uh, different scenarios. And uh, one of those scenarios is what they call the base scenario, the base case scenario. And then they look at uh, the different scenarios depending on various interventions. But the base case scenario, uh, which is like the starting point, um, shows uh, significant uh, uh, load shedding in the years, uh, you know, 24, 25, 26, 27, and then reduction depending on the interventions taken. But uh, the bottom line is it really doesn't, in my view, address the immediate load shedding. Uh, And that's really what it should be doing. It should be putting in place plans for supply and demand to be met. Um, and, and it doesn't do that. So it kind of looks like one is planning for a certain amount of failure. Uh, but then it looks at the interventions that, uh, you know, can be taken uh, to, to stop load shedding in the latter part of, of the decade. And, and in my view, it really looks at some very limited options and doesn't look at the options of increasing uh, renewable energy and battery energy storage. Uh, in fact, I think it presents a very significantly underestimated and conservative view of what can be done. 
so it really looks, I mean, the one option that it looks at is extend the life of old coal uh, in order to reduce this load shedding. The other option is uh, a gas to power. Uh, and the third option is delay uh, the decommissioning of the coal-fired power stations. Uh, now, those are three options, but I would say those options, uh, sorry, the, 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 the third option, uh, I think I've duplicated two options, was to increase the energy availability factor of the Eskom fleet. So those are kind of three scenarios that it presents. But in, in my view, those uh, three options are, are, first of all, impractical in virtually every sense. Uh, and secondly, they completely ignore the option of significantly increasing the renewable energy and battery energy storage component, which is something that can certainly be done in this, that time frame. Uh, whereas the options of, for example, improving the energy availability factor of ESCOM, well, it's really uh, easy to say, uh, but the reality is that the energy availability factor is not improving, it's declining. And probably the best we can hope for is to stabilize that energy availability effect at the current low levels. The option of delaying, uh, you know, a coal-fired power station decommissioning, yes, that is an option. But uh, we will definitely not meet our climate change uh, commitments if we do that. Definitely. Mm. In fact, the IRP shows clearly that we will not be meeting our climate change commitments under those scenarios. So. Uh, really, it seems to me that they choose a number of scenarios which are practically uh, not possible and leave out the very ones that are possible, at least cost, at least CO2 emissions, at least water use, and at most job creation. Those things, those are kind of get ignored. Mm. Chris, how does this now contrast with what we know about the just energy transition and those plans? I mean, you touched on um, renewables and you mentioned that there's no mention of uh, pursuing this, even though this is readily uh, in front of us and we have gone through all of those uh, phases and those rounds of um, procurement. Um, Mm. How does this affect the just energy plans especially if we look at the amount of money that's been committed to getting South Africa um, f- to sort of transition to cleaner energy mm. from the likes mm. of Germany, who have committed billions, does this now mean we are now going to have to pay this money back? Um, h- how does this all affect the renewable side of that conversation? Because it seems this has been completely forgotten. Now, firstly, I just want to say that there is renewables uh, you know, planned in this uh, draft IRP. Mm. But uh, it's really sharply cut back from what it was in the uh, IRP 2019. Uh, so in my view, it's a, it, it seems to be a deliberately underestimate of the role of renewables and battery energy storage uh, can play in the just energy transition. And yes, you're right. By doing this and looking at the other options of delaying uh, decommissioning of coal-fired power stations, of increasing gas to power, and of improving the, uh, the, the performance of the existing coal-fired Eskom fleet, the, these are in direct contradiction and are misaligned with other government policy documents and studies and, uh, and commitments, for example, Climate Change Commission uh, commitments, the National Planning uh, Commission commitments, uh, you know, the, the, the Renewable Energy uh, Master Plan. These are all government documents, government policy documents, but this IRP uh, is in contradiction to those documents, uh, and 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 there is no uh, explanation or clarity uh, on this matter. These things should be consistent, 
You shouldn't have one government plan contradicting another government plan. Mm. Speaking of consistency, Chris, um, what do you make of the announcement or the uh, clarification in terms of the separation of powers from the minister in electricity and uh, mm. Minister Praveen Godan that was recently signed off by uh, President Ramaphosa. Is that going to have a material impact on our energy picture? Does that empower the Minister of Electricity to make different decisions? And if so, are they aligned with this plan or are we just putting out announcements and hoping for the best? Well, first of all, to say that we kind of have three ministers that mm. are directly responsible for Eskom and for electricity. Mm. <laughs> the Minister of Public Enterprises, the Minister of Electricity, and the Minister of the DMRE, the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy. And uh, I welcome, uh, you know, the Memorandum of Understanding that uh, clarifies the roles uh, between uh, the DPE minister and the electricity minister. It's important that there should be clarity of roles and it should be, it's important that one should know who is accountable for what. <laughs> who is responsible for what and who's accountable for what. And I think uh, this memorandum of understanding does clarify the, the, the differences in the roles between uh, the DPE minister and the electricity minister. However, what is still missing, of course, is clarity between the roles of the electricity minister and the DMRE minister. And, and, and this... IRP falls right in, in, in that uh, gap because uh, this memorandum of, of, of association of understanding basically says the Minister of Electricity is responsible for, new, for procurement of new generation capacity. Hmm. Yet the law, as it stands, and it hasn't been changed, uh, makes the Minister of uh, Department of the DMRE Minister responsible for that, responsible for the IRP, responsible for new generation uh, capacity procurement. And you see that from, from the new IRP did not come gazetted by the electricity minister. It came gazetted by Gwede Mantasha, the DMRE minister. And so there is confusion and contradiction and is not properly clarified yet the distinction between the roles of the DMRE minister and the electricity minister. And it's important, very important that there should be clarity important from the point of view of who's responsible and who's to be held accountable. And the point is, if the Minister of Electricity is responsible for ending load shedding, for him not to have any uh, say in the new generation capacity, <laughs> it, it seems to me a, a, a deep contradiction because how can you be responsible for ending load shedding if you're not responsible for what needs to be ordered? Uh, so this very IRP and the procurement processes in, in, in law and, and, and how it's being implemented seems to me to be problematic and a recipe for conflict. And where there is these uncertainties and conflict, things don't happen properly. Absolutely. And I, I mean, at this stage, the uh, IRP is still in uh, the publication or in publication for commentary. And I expect Chris and other analysts will definitely be providing uh, this commentary there. But we'll have to leave it at that, Chris. Thanks so much, as always, Chris. That's Chris Yeland, uh, Independent Energy Analyst on the uh, latest integrated uh, resource plan and how it affects uh, all of the various stakeholders involved. I wonder in particular how it'll affect the relationship that South Africa Africa has with the Turkish company Car Powership if we look at gas generation of electricity. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM market update podcast uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m.
For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.